And we're back. Welcome back to another Practice Makes Perfect podcast here with your favorite Fortnite commentator, Monster D-Face in the building, bringing you guys another weekly installation of all things happening in the esports space. We got lots to cover today. You see from the title and topic here, it is not a lie. Nick Merckx truly has been canceled, I dare say, as he has gotten ton of backlash this week here we're going to talk all about it tim the tatman's involved somehow dr disrespect those his opinion out there into the uh the void that is twitter and much more to conversate about especially as it comes down to twitch the platform continuing to uh i don't know man cover themselves in spiral. darkness <laughs> spiral down the the rabbit's hole that is you know the wonderland world they're trying to find on the other side there's a lot going on here you heard john rush he's here but before we go ahead and introduce him we want to thank you guys for downloading the episode tuning in with us and doing all that good stuff lately i've noticed the podcast has been having advertisements and stuff played so thanks guys we're generating like pennies to the dollar but it's still pretty cool for the first time ever there's like some ad rev being generated so that's really cool anyways thanks guys rock with us you can find us on social medias y'all know how it is but let's go ahead and throw john rush in the mix here john we got a lot to talk about it's just us here today yeah. what's up my boy yeah connor said he's too scared for this episode nah just kidding, just kidding just kidding just <laughs> kidding yeah what's up everybody my name is john w key rush you can find me on discord now with just the clean j-o-n-r-u-s-h though when i saw the Ooh, opportunity to get john my rush. just clean name Still trying to get my clean name on Instagram and Twitter. So I'm, on, I'm John W. Rush on most things. But if you know anybody, and both those accounts are, accounts are dead, by the way. So help me out, please. <laughs> but yeah, I'm ready for this conversation. Yeah, funny. Just talking about usernames before we get into the dark side here. I got at MonsterDFace on Instagram. After <laughs> what was 11-year back and forth between me and a mega fan. Hear me out, guys. I'll make the TLDR version of this. 2012, he takes the name because he liked me so much. He was trying to save it for me. I saw his response in like 2014, wrote back to him. He writes back to me in like 2017. Fast forward to around 2022 or so, we somehow found each other online at the same time and then scheduled a date to change the username. So a 10-year drawn out. Yeah, 10-year drawn out Rest, process. Yeah. The the guy who took the username because he supported me and held it hostage kind of gave it back to me because we were just waiting to be online at the same time. So Let's there you go. go. Can, can you imagine? Like, I don't even make like regular streaming content, but this guy was still logging into the Instagram. You know, every couple years, somehow I must cross his brain or something. He's like, oh, yeah, let me check out how Moss is doing. And then, like, eventually we meet up. Anyways, stupid story. Let's get into some other fun stuff that's happening here. We're here to talk about esports. Uh, John, kick us off. First yeah. topic. Where do you want to begin, man? We got, we got we have a lot to cover. Hey, so we've got a couple of really exciting things in the creative and development space. And first off, being Vision Pro. Apple just announced their Vision Pro update for at their latest, their WWDC. Uh, they have a summer late early summer late spring and then a fall showcase and they announced their their spatial spatial computer vision pro and there's a lot of things we could talk about but for the purposes of these things well first let's get first impressions then the question is is this the future of gaming i think it's very interesting uh, because i i got to see the live reveal i mean social media was buzzing everyone's popping off seemed like everyone's in pretty good spirits we have some some new hot technology like we all know listen when apple gets involved 
they're kind of the cool guys on the block, right? Look at what they're doing with AirPods. Look at how they transformed the way you, you know, listen to music. Let's not forget before AirPods took off in popularity, it was the big bulky beats kind of running the the space visually. It was the the cool thing to wear. I mean, they're they're still in style to some degree, but not nearly as popular. And then AirPods just took off, right? So Apple kind of always finds their way to get the grip back onto, uh, you know, the the scene, if you will, the social space. Yeah. I don't know if the, you know, wearing the big goggles is is a cool enough look to convince regular folk this is the way you have to like, you know, consume media. But it's it's ambitious. What, yeah. what, do, you, what do you think? Well, I think they oversold a little bit. Okay, I have a lot of positive things to say, but because you said that, like, I think my main thing is they oversold a little bit how, like, yo, this is going to connect you with your kids even more so. Like, you don't, like, <laughs> so much of the imagery was almost suddenly like, hey, are you a bad dad? Well, just get Vision Pro and, you, and you'll interact with them like never before. Like, I, I don't know. I understand, obviously, a big task that they had to take on in marketing this was is helping people answer the question, does this mean we're going to fall even more into screens? Which is why I think it's smart that they went with augmented reality, AR versus VR. And right. AR meaning, hey, this is this is a part of your everyday life. And even some of the coolest features of Vision Pro was was seeing how it, it was a part of their everyday life. And I'm scrolling through here, looking at the, at the, at the, website it's so beautiful but i think i think that was the only part that was whack to me was like all the stuff with the kids and the dad there was one shot where like homie gets up from the couch and they did like a inside the fridge shot and i'm like bro if you're getting a sprite can't you just take them <laughs> off for a second it felt too much bro but overall right. very 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 exciting to me that's that's what i mean though like this ambition because like it's clear apple they're the trend and they want to continue to be the trend why now why ar why again just i'm just wondering to myself like why now right we've seen the kind of like the google glasses where they just look like shades and they kind of do ar stuff but these are like full on they look like vr headsets but they're definitely not that it is just another way to enhance yeah your your i guess your your immerse yourself i should say in the technology in in the products and it ties into all your stuff too it's supposed to kind of be an additional monitor or multiple if you wanted it that way so very very interesting i mean my takeaway though i'm personally thinking it's it's not going to take off I, I just i don't see the appeal i don't see other people paying that price tag that's the big for, thing tell them the price tag i think it's around thirty five hundred dollars thirty five hundred dollars and that's not for people like you and me that wear glasses because it's very baked in. You have to get Zeiss, which if, if you're unfamiliar with Zeiss, Zeiss are like top tier glass makers. They make like the lenses that are on top tier cameras that make movies. So you and I are probably looking at like a good 4K, buddy. Crazy. And, and let's not forget that this is device that can only last with, while not being on the charger for two hours. So just seems so soon it doesn't seem like the technology is quite there but apple for whatever reason you know they put up big money i think i saw an article where it said they've been filing like thousands upon thousands of patents so they're all in the technology's there whatever they've developed they're clearly backing it and um i mean they're trying to take on the market we saw what happened with facebook their stocks and how you know them taking on this vr technology didn't quite work out and even now they're struggling the full rebrand to the to the meta it was too soon not too late for them 
again, these are mega, mega multi-billion dollar companies. They'll be able to, you know, whatever, write this off and, and ride the storm out. But I just think it's too soon for both companies. Yeah, I agree. I think that the Apple will have some success. I think that even though it's more expensive, they focus more on 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 giving people applications that they already care about. For instance, the Disney Plus bit, huge. Disney's stock mm, yeah. itself had a huge bump when they had Bob Iger, who was the CEO, then wasn't the CEO, and is the CEO again. I'm confused. He crushed that presentation, man. And just basically putting it together like, hey, look, like we're, we're bringing what you already love in a new way, whereas I feel like Meta is more like, we're bringing you something different. You don't even know you want it yet, but here it is. Pay for it. And I think that Apple, and the other thing that people have to remember about Apple is they are not just stylistic. Their products freaking work, man. As gamers, have we had a little bit of a chip on our shoulder around them? Yeah. They've not ever been the best gaming devices, but in terms of everything else, they're the phones we use, the headphones we use. They're not just flashy. They work. Yeah, that, and that's what I mean. Quality of life, trend setting, they really are the norm, right? Like, let's be honest, Apple devices rule the world right now. Yep straight up and they run the app store like so you know they, they kind of have their hand in everything we've we've talked in in depth about apple versus epic you know and that that debate continues to go back and forth as just speaking about some of that i forgot what it was oh yeah the ar technology inside the device this was really cool and i think there's like a little stab at epic believe it or not they are using unity engine to power the games and the things that are being built inside of course they they're not going to use unreal engine right because epic owns that so just very subtle high level jabs happening here big money you know fighting off big money and and i just found that to be kind of fascinating that even though the you know, they're onto a completely different product. It's very clear that Apple also has made a complete stand against Epic Games, Unreal Engine, and just, you know, it just seems like all that stuff, like the politics kind of go a lot deeper than probably the, the normal person can see. Yeah, one, one last bit of gaming news on Apple before we move on is that announced prior to the Apple Vision was that they're going to be porting a lot more PC and like known gaming titles over to, to Mac. Apple computers have gone a long way at beefing up their their computing power, their 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 video cards, etc. Hideo Kojima, the maker of Death Stranding, being one of the notable names being announced Metal going Gear. to be in Metal Gear, one of one of Monsters on the Low favorite games, is going to be yes, coming sir. over to Mac. And so, man, that was announced separately from Apple Vision. But imagine a game like Death Stranding, one that a lot of the critique is it's very complicated, controls, keys. Imagine a game like that where you're in you're in AR and you don't have to learn the controls because it's just right there and you're immersed. Mm. That's very interesting to me. Very interesting to me. I think we're a few years away. Probably, if I'm being honest, I think we're five years away from that. But I think it's still very exciting that we're getting there. Maybe that's the cutting edge technology. I don't, I don't know if you saw NVIDIA's presentation as well, but it was crazy to see. They compared when they made the early render models like the first 3d objects they were rendering took minutes to you know make and now you're able to render in real time so like their their technology it kind of um the ai technology have guesses the next pixel shape the geometrics all that stuff and actually converts it from not just like math and equations but it can turn it into video and into 2d objects into you know and back and forth in real time so like ai technology is going crazy their graph basically said that in 10 years they went from zero to 100x and their 
estimations, their projections say that in the next 10 years, it's going to go from 100x to 1000x, which is a ridiculous upswinging curve. And it's already moving in that direction based off of today's developments, chat GPT, et cetera, and all that good stuff, which again, we, we've talked about. So really cool stuff being developed in the AR space, Apple taking to the race here, if you will, they're entering themselves into this, this space. Last little bit of tidbit information I read online as well about this was that for the first time ever, though, the CEO of the Apple new revealed Apple product did not use the Apple product in the presentation. And that's got people a little worried. So oh, I did not even think it, that's crazy. That's is it so not cool enough for the CEO to wear. Right. But everything else, he was in the actual presentation. The CEO, the active CEO of Apple has always literally displayed, revealed the, the product and been a part of it. This is the first time in history in Apple's long running history where the CEO did not use the product in the grand reveal. Wow. So shout out to I'll the people that. that noticed that. That is yes. crazy. And uh, that I forgot I should have mentioned earlier was the reason why I also think it's probably not going to hit. Yeah. So to recap, <laughs> er, early adopting technology, two hour battery life, very expensive. Um, probably not as much real world application as, as the video says. And again, to make it a part of your social life, every person needs to have it. If you want it with your partner, that's seven grand. You want it with your kids or, you, you know, so I think that's the other thing that slows it down is one of the biggest sales was how to watch movies and TV. But if only one person in your family has it, immediately knocks it out. But very exciting nonetheless. I'm excited about AR uh, way more than I think I am VR. But one, one other exciting, just positive note in the community is want to give a shout out to all the folks over at OTK. I think that OTK in the midst of a lot of really rough org stuff in the last year and a half has been a really bright spot. Obviously, they're different in the sense that they're not really fielding esports rosters, but they do carry themselves as an org. They had their game expo just this weekend, and they went through, honestly, Monster was very well produced. I don't know if you saw it, but like the studio they use, the team they use, it's very, very good. Seeing Asmund Gold not in his attic and in a suit is hilarious to me. But the whole thing is really devoted to indie games. And all the titles are games you probably would not see at any of the big releases. And honestly, to me, Monster, weren't even really that exciting to me. But I love what they're doing. And of course, their big reveal at the end was starting their own indie publishing venture called Mad Mushroom. And I just think so far, they haven't missed. And I'm excited to see what comes next. It's cool. Just so you guys kind of get grip or perspective on what this means, they're not going to be making games. Instead, they're going to help those that make games get them to the market so they're really leaning heavily into their uh their strong suit i mean let's be honest asmingold s fan and everyone else under the otk umbrella mega creators mega followings they've done successful brand activation after brand activation they can drive downloads they can definitely drive awareness good or bad to you and and they can amplify your products they understand the social media and the marketing and gaming space so I think, I think it's genius. Like you mentioned, yeah. I think it's very smart. It's, it's a good position to put yourself in. Why take on the risk of, you know, building the games that comes with tons of dev costs. And then of course your reputation attached to it when you can just help publish it, market it and, you know, definitely convert and get people some downloads. And then not to mention those devs are going to in turn, this is the cool part about it. OTK publish it. Who are they going to hire? OTK members. So they get they get to like triple dip here. Absolutely. The, the profit on top for being the publishing company, the profit on top for being the influencer to peddle the product, right? Like, so it, it's kind of cool. It's a very smart 
business opportunity they're building in parallel to what they're already doing. None of them are planning on retiring, it looks like, anytime soon. They're literally gaming because they, they love to. Uh, so very, very smart. Very cool. And, and last thing we'll say on that, and this segues us into our next topic, which will be definitely a bulky one, is they've already weathered a couple major controversies and transitions. Mm. And I think, you know, everything that happened with Ms. Kiff a few months ago, uh, I thought they handled well. And we're, we're sitting here today, and a couple of days ago, they not only are strong as an org, they were pulling great numbers on streaming platforms, but Ms. Kip was still apart, but they had addressed the concerns. I'm like, I think, I just think in so many ways, they are one of the true, like, success stories of esports. I mean, that's not even talking about the fact that they have Starforge PCs, their own PC company. Like, I just am really, really impressed with them. And it's not, oh, the interesting thing is, the games they're into are not always my cup of tea. I'm really mostly involved in OTK because S-Van, uh, Soda Poppin, and, and Asmin are WoW players. But all these indie games really aren't my cup of tea. But, I, man, I, I'm just proud of them, man. I think they've weathered some controversy better than a lot of people have. Yeah, just yesterday, Jake Lucky had an interview sit down with Asmin Gold, and, and he kind of reconfirmed, I think, everyone's thoughts as, hey, we don't want to make games because we're, you know, that's not our field. We know how to market, so we want to be the publishing company to bring these games to the, our community. So very cool stuff. I think it's, it's inevitable that they're going to find success. They have clearly positioned themselves to do well, but let, let's jump into some of the, the, the meteor topics. You saw in the header, the title today of this podcast episode, Nick Merckx has officially, I would say, made... <laughs> I was going to call it a mis his first mis his first big mistake since his blow up, but it's yeah, a mistake. You know, he's decided to come out maybe against his better judgment and jump into a topic that we all know comes with tons of baggage when you start to to really jump into the LGBTQ conversations and how they relate inside of gaming. They just don't, but somehow they constantly find their ways into our communities. And, and that's just because at the end of the day, we're all just humans. So John, maybe take us through kind of what sparked this, where did this all begin? If you have the tweets in front of you, maybe yeah, so I can pick up the time of this recording is June and in, in the States and other parts of the world, it's, it's a, it's a pretty generally understood celebration of pride month, celebrating members of the LGBTQ community. And just like many communities, there's, there's parades and there is advocacies and celebrations. And there was a, one that had unfortunately turned into a more violent expression on both sides, it appeared. And, and guys, we're not here to necessarily legislate one side or the other. We just want to report the news and create conversation going because this is really big for gaming. Chris Puckett, who is one of the goats in our space, the, just a great pioneer of casting and, and helping make esports and gaming really mainstream. And, and he's just been in this space for a long time. I tweeted his opinions on it, saying, hey, man, I can't believe people would have a problem with this. Nick responded again, like Monster is saying, I think just uncharacteristic of how he normally does his business. He doesn't normally air his personal stuff out there. He responded to, to Puckett's tweet, effectively saying, hey, man, I have a problem with this because they're coming after kids. And it was a pretty vague statement, which is where I think a lot of people's frustration comes from. A very unfortunate sentiment towards the entire LGBTQ community is that they're all pedophiles or something like that. And, and, and so people have a sensitivity towards that. Nick later clarified on his stream, he doesn't apologize for what he said, um, but that really just as a parent, he prefers that the conversations would be had between he and his kid, not in an advocacy group 
or parade or social media or even in the schools. He's like, man, I just want to be this. This is such an important topic. I think I as the parent and other parents should be talking about this as the kids. A lot of stuff transpired. But at the end of the day, what we woke up to late in the night was Charlie Intel, which is a known Call of Duty news. Twitter says on almost 10 p.m. Says it appears Activision has removed the Nick Merckx bundle from the Warzone and Modern Warfare 2 store this evening. Activision has not commented on why it has been removed, but the removal of this bundle comes a day after Nick Merckx's recent comments about the LGBTQ community. Call of Duty hits a reply, which this reply now has 48 million impressions on Twitter. And it says, due wow. to recent events, we have removed the Nick Merckx operator bundle from the Modern Warfare 2 and Warzone store. You're focused on celebrating pride with our employees and our communities. And that's where we'll leave it for now. Let's 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 talk about what's happened so far and, and how this impacts gaming. Yeah, this is crazy. This is a big moment right now for Activision Call of Duty to, you know, effectively say, hey, look, we have an opinion on this matter and this is where we stand on this topic. Um, so so clearly, you know, they they decided to do this and, and they I want to know how many people sat down and, and had that conversation. I wish I could know what went into it because, you know, this is a this is a big bundle. This is a huge collaboration that they put forth with Nick Merck. So to go ahead and do that had to have come with a lot of discussion and, and possibly even, you know, entertaining the idea, hey, are there legal ramifications for us decided we're going to remove it? For his own personal opinions right like what does the contract look like how is this a breach for his bundle because you know he has to be getting paid at the back end of this so there's there's a lot that i would be i'm so curious on on the yeah. business side as to why they were willing to go ahead and go to bat on uh, this hard especially when nick Merckx. this came after nick Merckx made that video in nick Merckx's video he he clearly clearly definitively said hey he has no hate towards anyone he has right. no quarrel against anyone he just believes that y'all are just misunderstanding me. This is just where I stand. He wants to be the voice and the source of this type of conversation, a serious conversation like this. And he was berated and bashed all over social media. There are so many people that have now effectively tried to, uh, yeah, begin begin canceling him. Basically, at every turn and corner, there's comments and folks putting their opinion out there, and they're coming to these very radical conclusions yeah. all because of one very vague tweet yeah and i think the tough part about their reaction too is like if you look at his now his initial tweet let's be honest it was a little hot it was a little in there it's a little short to the point a little punchy but right so i i can understand people's initial maybe right um but when he explained it he even just appealed to the fact that hey all he's like i'm a dad now he's got like a two-month-old and you and right. i can relate to that like like we're fathers it changes the day you become a parent. You just see things just differently. And, and you can't help but think through all of life through the lens of how this is going to impact my kids. And I think he was trying to humbly submit, like, guys, I'm not trying to hate on nobody. I'm just saying I don't like some of the direction of this conversation being about someone not my kid's parent telling my kids how they should feel about their identity and, and their sexuality. And that, that, that's, hard. That, that's hard for me that people can't respect that. That was a little hard for me, you know? And then... And then to your point, uh, essentially economically punishing him. Whenever you punish somebody, not just like, like when you punish someone economically, like that hurts. That's a big deal. And, and, and people are, are still very mad at him. And I think we're still going to see the ramifications of all the legalities 
of, of what that could mean. Were there agreements signed? Did he breach those technically? Did he not? And now he's going to get to sue. Will he sue? Will he not? It's very interesting. Yeah, and this continues to uh, then open up the next, you know, the next level of Pandora's box as millions upon millions begin uninstalling Call of Duty following Dr. Disrespect. I would say launching the first video yeah. defending Nick Merckx in this instance where seemingly looked like the entire timeline no one wanted to speak up about it unless you had something bad to say about Nick Merckx. But Dr. Disrespect was one of the first to come to his defense. And he says, hey, listen, Call of Duty, I'll be honest, you've done a lot of messed up things. But this is one of those ones that I think I think you're crossing the line. I think that he basically says Nick Merckx is entitled to an opinion and y'all can't allow him to have that opinion and you're going to punish him for it. So I'm not going to support Call of Duty. After that, I feel like there was just cascade of other people, of course, uninstalling the game and and you know going to social media about it and reportedly there have been millions of uninstalls when it was reported a couple days ago i have to assume now as this has continues to spread call of duty has continued to lose mass player base across the ecosystem but it doesn't end there because tim the Tatman, after going live the, the following stream was bombarded with messages and comments it was almost all his his channel would talk about and i think they almost guilt tripped him into defending his friend because dr disrespect did it first and then they were like tim how could you have your guy in the game and play as your character when look at what they're doing to your friend nick Merckx? is that really your friend yeah and then nick Merckx uh responds to tim's post about requesting activision to take his skin out the game, his bundle. Well, and I felt I felt bad for Tim that day because that day that day was when the new Fortnite update came out. And right. Tim was gonna be playing that anyway. And here he is not playing Call of Duty, which people of course are acting like that's a statement, but it was he was just playing the new Fortnite update. And then people I dude, I was in his chat, people were super chat after super chat. He made a lot of money that day. He right. wasn't responding <laughs> to none of them. And honestly, I'm not gonna lie, like I did feel some type of way about him not saying anything, but we we often judge these creators to standards we would never judge ourselves. Meaning, in the moment, it felt like Tim's not saying anything. But guys, in reality, he basically took like one day to process. That's actually like just called wisdom, I think. I think that's just yeah. smart. Like, like don't do don't do things out of like I think in this instance we have a Nick Merckx who felt like he made maybe a knee jerk reaction out of conviction and he stuck by it. But then on the other hand, we have Tim the Tapman, who I think took a second thought about it, and then he responded. Well, I can tell you who didn't take a second thought. Cloaksy woke up the morning of, tweeted, <laughs> uninstalled, called, I'm playing Fortnite with Tim the Tapman Ninja Cypher PK. We all know Cloaksy is very much a part of this, like, super five, if you will. Remember the remember the, the post, the, the video, or sorry, the imagery that Cypher PK put out? It was like Nick Merckx, Cypher, Ninja, Cloaksy, right? Like, there, there's like a, a super five, Curse JD, Actually, can you search up if Courage posted anything on this? I think Courage might be one of those ones who who's like, dude, why put myself in the line of fire? Courage but, just bought a yeah, house. That's the last thing he posted. <laughs> yeah, he needs the money. Probably you know, doesn't need the backlash. So Cloaksy goes ahead and tweets out. He uninstalls Call of Duty. So it's crazy. We have this wave, this this surging you know, group of folks now that are saying, hey, listen, we can't support Call of Duty if they're not going to allow what is their favorite creator to just have an opinion. And then on the other side, you have all, you know, these activists and, and folks that are, of course, supporting Pride Month and believe in, you know, LGBT, 
LGBTQ rights and, and all that kind of stuff. I don't have enough of a knowledge or history in any of this stuff to, you know, competently defend one side or the other. So um, Courage I'll didn't do anything. This. Yeah, I'll just leave it at this. You know, they everyone's, I believe, at the very baseline minimal deserving of their own opinions whether right or wrong right that i feel like that has to come down all into the eye of the beholder and you kind of at some point have to agree to disagree but i just i really do find it i think very telling that activision was willing to jump on and take them out the game when you know you would think like the game should almost be just a non-fact just be a neutral person why kind of you know have like it's just so weird that the game itself like call of duty what did call of duty have to do with this you know what i mean and, and well, kind of put themselves in it and that kind of well it reminds me like just to briefly touch on a cultural example and then and then we'll just recap the events of it and maybe some of its gaming implications but it reminds me when in 2016 2017 colin kaepernick the nfl quarterback started protesting something he believed for and the world went crazy you know he and, and people were burning nike socks and i'm like guys he's just kneeling and the outrage now granted we're actually giving two examples on both sides of what we would call the political social like spectrum right like what nick did could be classified as conservative colin kaepernick classified as liberal i personally think that those are such limiting buckets to put people in all of thought into right. you know but they're helpful for conversation i remember looking at people saying like yeah colin kaepernick is like he hates america he this this and this he's disrespecting the national anthem they're burning nike socks people are acting like they're going to never use nike again they're acting like they're never going to watch the nfl again now it's a obviously very complex thing because colin kaepernick is not in the nfl anymore but but the sad part about that outrage was that when colin kaepernick first started protesting during the national anthem he was sitting and after three times of doing it he was contacted by an actual Navy SEAL, Frick, man, what's what's the dude's name? Um, and 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 was like, hey, man, Army guy, uh, Nate Boyer, Nate Boyer, sorry, sorry, y'all, Nate Boyer says, hey, I don't like what you're doing, cause I like, but I respect your right to do it. So can you just do this, Colin Kaepernick? Instead of sitting during the national anthem, can you kneel? So here is an actually like again, regardless of what you believe, is what you're saying is like, here's him expressing his opinion respecting the other side and people are still burning Nike socks on TikTok and Snapchat. Right. And it's just sad that that's, these are just great examples where people definitely do stupid stuff and they do hateful stuff. And I think that that's a whole different conversation. I think what we're talking about right now is it just seems like somebody voiced their opinion on a matter without trying to be hateful and there was no room for it. And, and so like monster said, Tim the Tapman responded. He said, Nick Merckx has been my friend for years. We went in getting our call of duty operators together. It feels wrong for me to have mine and him no longer have his in support of my friend. Please remove the Tim the Tapman bundle. That was June 10th at 7 o'clock. 23 million impressions on that tweet. And at, uh, at three hours ago as of this recording, Call of Duty tweeted at the request of Tim the Tapman. We have removed his bundle from Warzone in the Call of Duty store. And that's where we're at right now interesting thing monster i haven't loaded the game up but it seems like the skins are in the game but you just can't buy new ones which that's interesting yeah. to me that's interesting I think, I think they're gonna come back i think even the way activision worded their tweet it made it sound like hey for the remainder of pride month you know in respect of pride month and, and kind of it's just bad timing to have opinion that goes against the green i guess in this day and age right now so yeah with that they said hey look 
you know, for Pride Month, I think they almost specifically recognize that this is a very special time and a sensitive time to have any kind of, you know, controversial opinion on, you know, the, the time at hand and the month at hand. So with that, I do think he will be having this skin come back, but maybe not after all this. Like, why would he want that, right? Um, so there's there's a lot to be seen and 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 yeah discussed and and just the results of what this is going to become for Call of Duty is to be determined. Uh, and then there's the other side where folks are calling out Activision as hypocrites because if you had a rainbow banner flag in Act in, in Call of Duty, but you were on the Middle Eastern server, it's actually censored. So how much do they really believe in it, and why would they censor it if they really believe that everyone deserves to have equal opinions and, and see it the same way? So very, very interesting stuff. Like we said, we're just here to kind of bring the news to you guys, not here to you know sway you or you know put our opinions in the mix. We I just find it crazy more on the business side. That's really what I'm interested in. You know me. Absolutely. I'm all about my capitalist opinion and just trying to see the business side how this all works out because i think this is bad for business i can see folks like call of duty never wanting to partner with anyone ever again to do an influencer bundle maybe not without you know tying up even more legal likeliness and law and ownership of who they're working with which sounds crazy and this also is a net negative for esports as a whole because other publishers and devs are going to see this and then say hey look See, that's the risk we all talk about. That's why we don't do it. It only takes one bad instance like this to, you know, really set back, who knows, tens of pawns, what could be, you know, tens of ongoing projects. And I mean, Epic seen their own version of Backlash. Remember the Travis Scott concert with uh, what happened there resulting in a couple of uh, deaths. I got, I got that shirt. I still yeah, got Travis know, Scott near me. But that's a tough situation, right? Because after that, Epic's like, yeah, we're not putting Travis Scott back in the game. Like... That's, that, that's 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 crazy. Yeah, I have the astronomical Travis Scott Fortnite T-shirt. I actually like have it here, right near where I record. Because mm -hmm. again, despite being controversial, I think it was one of the coolest moments I've ever been a part of, and just was such a pinnacle of somebody really like Im influencing culture. You know, with yeah. the confluence of video games, music, fashion, like it was very very cool. So yeah, it's it's very interesting. We'll see. Let us know in the comments. Let us know where you're listening to this. What do you think this means for content moving forward? We saw a lot of content creators, big, small, medium, take advantage of this. And, and some of them took this to be the cue that they needed to go down the very niche cultural path that they're already doing. And, and this is why platforms segue us into our next conversation, like Rumble and Kick are probably going to become more prevalent. And I think what we will see, Monster, in the months and years to come is that a lot of the platforms you watch content on will be based off of your ideological beliefs and spectrum, which is honestly kind of sad to me that it's like, yeah. come to that. Like that just feels, feels bad, man. Um, and we also understand that with any of these topics on either side, that there's a lot of personal stories and pain that might be wrapped up into all of this. And so we're not trying to draw a wide brush on, on how Nick's comments could have made somebody feel because it impacts people in a different way. Just like me as a dad, his comments hit me kind of different. It got me, there's this fear button I have as a dad when I think of somebody harming my kid or controlling my kid or, bro, even the idea, like y'all could call me soft for this, the idea of sending my kid off to school can be a scary thought, not even, not because of LGBTQ, because of everything, because of life, bro. So 
I just think there's a lot of person, personal implications wrapped up in any political statement. We just want to recognize that and say we're not trying to speak against any of that or say that it's not real. But it's crazy that this has been pretty much the talk of the town this last couple of days here across gaming as a whole, and it continues to do so. As again, just a couple hours ago, Tim was removed from the game, so I'm sure there'll be more developing on that yep. front. But there is... Again, you, you talk about this this divide almost that's going to happen across platforms. It seems like Twitch has continued to put themselves into a divide. They have not only ramped up their rule system, terms of services, and streamer guidelines, but they have also walked into one of the craziest controversies that we didn't think they'd ever land themselves in, uh, which is going against the advertisement policies that they had in the past and putting in new rules that not a single human and i mean a single human asked for and uh i think we can all agree on this one topic yeah bring us together sucks right now and they have been sucking pretty bad the last couple days this is a huge l john where did this start because when when it started i mean it went so far that even elon musk commented on their twitch's profile lol on their apology tweet because this was so left field and detrimental to their platform yeah so on june 6 june 6 kind of out of nowhere uh, uh twitch rolled out some new ad updates and in fact it wasn't even wasn't even in, we didn't even get to five o'clock eastern that they rolled it back because at 4 39 eastern time on that same day Twitch had a soft apology that said today's branded content policy update was overly broad. This created confusion and frustration, and we apologize for that. And then they go on to say, we did not intend to limit streamers' abilities to enter into direct relationships with sponsors, blah, blah, blah. Now, if you saw it, what it really was was incredibly specific. New guidelines on what you can and cannot do. You have to, if you, if you have a brand on your stream, it can only be 3% of the screen. Here's the type of videos you can't do for ads. This do all these roadblocks on top of changing what it means to be an affiliate, changing what it means to be a partner, adding a fee that if you cancel your affiliate and partner, you owe them $25. Like, where does this come from? And, and so this initial apology monster, people were really frustrated because they said, y'all weren't broad. Y'all were specific. You were just wrong. Yeah, and you would think like the hardest downfall we would have seen this month was like downfall of phase clan sabotaging their own kind of social timeline no twitch takes a much bigger l here they literally put in place what would have been the 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 killing blow the nail in any coffin for third-party tournament organizers advertisers looking to host events and enter into the space and just creators in general limiting their 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 creativity to be able to express themselves imagine you find yourself a sponsor sponsor says hey can you you know start your show we, we just want our logo on your background as part of your 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 stream nope that would have been against terms of services so you could see how simple little things like that would just all of a sudden to be axed from the platform so twitch quickly and i mean quickly try to put this fire out but the damage has been done yeah. uh, as gold immediately like this was we talk about knee-jerk oh, yeah, reactions legend. i mean even as gold the moment that came out said okay listen twitch you know we we've been on we've seen how you've, you've kind of made mistakes in the past but this is one that affects like my bottom line and actually affects all of your creators bottom lines in fact you know or so much in fact that if you make a change like this i'm actively shopping now to stream on a different platform i don't want to stream here 
So why do you think that Twitch continues to, of all the places they can monetize and try to pull dollars from, they want to penny pinch the creators? Yeah, and this has been something that they've done all year. And it just, the constant theme we've been reporting on for the last 12 months on Twitch is feeling completely out of touch with their customers, even to the point to where by, set, by, by June 7th, not like 24 hours, then they released a hard apology saying, yesterday we released brain and content guidelines that impacted your ability to work with sponsors to increase your income from streaming. These guidelines are bad for you and bad for Twitch, and we are removing them immediately. But like Monster said, the damage was already done. And in fact, so much of their response literally just seemed like they were just copying what people had been saying for a day, which didn't make me feel like you heard me. It made me understood me. It just makes me feel like you were just saying this now to apologize. Yeah. So, you know, Kicks for Twitch's biggest competitor, Kick actually puts out a post that they have gained over 300,000 new signups for two days in a row. This is their fastest growth that they have seen in recent times. That's 600,000 new people from June 7th to the 11th, which was again today at the moment that they sent this tweet out a couple hours ago uh, to their channels. And that means there are tons and we mean tons of members now flooding to the twitch platform or to the kick platform away from twitch this is a big situation it's a big deal if kick wasn't already having a, quite the momentous swing here with the new recent signings and and featured you know uh, artists like drake giving away money on the platform which he uh, had this done is that probably right before yeah this is like literally probably the best thing that could have happened for them and i'm sure kick is sitting back thinking to themselves like not even Drake pulled in this many. You know what I mean? Like, yep. you could have paid Drake whatever you wanted. I am willing to put every dollar in my bank account that Drake did not drive near, not even near 600,000 members to the platform. No, and yeah, and, and, and let's think about some of the, the perfect storm that this was. Drake was on the platform a few days before, dropping out subs. Gives that little light hype there. Gets, gets people excited. He's streaming on there. Cool, great. Then Twitch drops this. And it opens up things for people like Dr. Disrespect, who are still, to this day, for unknown reasons, not allowed on Twitch to just mm -hmm. put out a tweet that says, hey, look, the purple snakes are moving. In the midst of the Call of Duty drama, one of Dr. Disrespect's responses that added insult to injury, even more so to Twitch, is he said, hey, looks like Call of Duty hired the same PR uh, firm as the purple snakes, meaning Twitch, of course. <laughs> Kit comes in. And, and starts capitalizing, they are clever. We have said this before on the program. They are good at social media. They understand the needs of their people. Oh, look, the new Twitch policies make multi-streaming as a partner not really viable. Oh, who's the biggest multi-streamer in the world? Ninja. Oh, who's streaming on Kick now? Ninja. Now, Ninja has not made any claims that he's going to be exclusively on Kick, but the fact that he already went over there and has stayed on there, and, and Ninja's first stream had like around 10,000 plus viewers, I believe. So the hype is real. It's clear that he has a community that's will, willing to move where he moves. He's kind of built his brain to be that, yep. which is amazing. You know, all credits to Ninja. And Ninja put out a video, man. He talked about his, his hardships with this situation he's put in. He said, hey, a good chunk of my audience comes from Twitch. But you do realize I rescinded my partnership. I gave up partner and affiliate status just so that I can have not, I don't want your money, Twitch. I don't even want to monetize my audience. I just want to be able to reach as many people as I can, and I want the, the freedom to do so. Yeah. And now that Twitch is not willing to honor that, he no longer needs the platform. It cannot service him or his goals. Yep. And hence, he moves over to Kick.
And here we have it. Now he's on kick for free. For free. And then you've got Mr. Beast commenting on the whole debacle. If for no other reason, then you kind of had to talk about it if you're on social media. <laughs> and then right now, if you go to Kicks Twitter, you'll see their following. You'll see their followers. And you'll see they have one subscription on the, on the monetization of Twitter. Guess who that is? Mr. Beast himself. So this, I just think that this is irreversible uh, for Twitch's brand. I, one of the things, the only positive things that I can say other than them reversing it is that the CEO as well as the Kick CEO have agreed to do a like a Q&A on Jake, Jake Lucky's program. And that's very smart. They need to be reaching out to the community like crazy. But my goodness, Monster, they, they, they messed up. They yeah, messed you could, up. You can just see following the bad tweets in messaging from Twitter, Kick's channels have officially now followed Elon Musk, Mr. Beast, Ninja, and a couple others. So just showing that, yep, they are very much on the move. And just, just a touch on that, Mr. Beast. Mr. Beast exclusively tweeted. He said, I don't have an interest in a live streaming space. All of my focus and content comes into post media. But this is such a, a bad advertisement policy that I just want to go ahead and support Kick at this point, is, is what Mr. B said. He said, you are making such a bad impression amongst gamers that I want to advocate against you. I have no nothing against you or this space or interest in being any kind of key player in this space, but I'm willing to use my influence to just stick it to you and stir the pot a little bit more. And that just shows you, man, Mr. Beast, dude, if you're if you're doing something where Mr. Beast is like, hey, man, I'm going to I'm going to stand against you on this. You probably got yourself a bigger problem than, than you realized. And, and, you know, you have to question what led you to that position in the first place. So we're just continuing to put themselves just man L after L. I hate to bash on the platform. I love the platform or I love what it used to be and what it meant to me and what it built for me. Uh, and I think a lot of the OG creators feel that too. But the more we see that, hey, the identity of what we once knew and loved about Twitch is no longer that, this is why folks are starting to part ways with the brand. It's crazy to see a brand that had the majority hold on the entire industry. Like, and this is a small industry, but it's big enough to... Uh, Make, you know, make social and economic impacts, right? Like for the next generation, lose their grip. I've never seen a community fall faster than what we're seeing happen right now on Twitch. Yeah, it's, it's I, mean, sad. I mean, they 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 were at the point where it was almost like what Google has, where it's like Google became part of the vernacular. When you say, mm -hmm. look, no one says, hey, Monster, can you look something up on the internet for me? You say, hey, hey, can you Google that? Even if you're not even Googling it, you say Google it. You know what I mean? Like you could be searching, you know, you just, it just becomes part of it. And there we were, that's what was happening. Like live streaming and Twitch were like almost becoming synonymous. And now I just, man, I would, I would just, I would love to just know what led to this. What, what, what happened to be so completely disconnected from your from your user base well lucky for us we'll get a couple answers soon jake lucky has invited ceo of twitch to his platform to go and have a conversation and some other folks that lead some of the partnerships i think and, and advertising policies on the platform as well so we'll see as they have pretty much opened up a, a full-on q a thread under the post from jake lucky so that's going to be a very cool interview to watch and look back on again and, and i've met with the ceo i've had in-depth discussions with these folks as well you know, upon talking to them, 
you would really think they're they're not dumb enough to do what you just saw. Someone had to sign off on it. And I'm assuming in some way, shape, or form, right through it, saw it and said, yeah, man, this is the decision that has to be made for the, the better good of the platform, right? And yeah, clearly there's huge disconnect. So here, the one thing, and then I have two, as we wrap up, two case studies. I want to shout out some like, more normal content creators that I've seen make the switch to kick because I want to encourage some people and maybe help some people out if you're considering this change, what, what I've seen make it successful. But Monster, the only, the only, only thing that made me put myself in their shoes a little bit was actually something you told me as to the economic ramifications of what we're seeing in the esports space, which is that the reason why we're seeing such a collapse in the esports scene as, as a whole is because many people believe that we structured ourselves far too undervalued like during tournaments for free and all these things that basically it was built wrong and then therefore eventually collapsed. I'm just wondering if some of Twitch trying to right size this stuff and, and get some of this stuff ahead of time is them trying to maybe avoid an economic collapse so that there's enough money coming in to truly sustain what they're doing. Cause two years ago, we never would have said, yeah, TSM CLG phase, they're all going to plummet in the stocks. We would have thought they're financially invincible, but macro e economics do take their toll. So do you think they're seeing some larger economic thing at scale they're trying to like fix? Absolutely. I mean, at the end of the day, Twitch sold the better, I think the better half, if not the majority of all of their shares to the, the mother company, Amazon. And well, you know what Amazon's all about. They're about scale and growth and they look for the big picture. And I'm assuming the big picture means that all advertisements like in their in their fantasy world all ads on the platform have to be abide through our rules and we get basically a percentage cut off of that. And of course, all subscriptions on a platform as the service provider, we should des uh, they deserve a cut from there too. So yeah, I think in some way, shape or form, the these are the suits as gaming folk like to call them the suits coming in with their, uh, you know, their nice black suits and they, they want their paycheck and they see that, hey, advertising money is the one space that they have not tapped into. But neither has any platform. You don't see TikTok, Instagram. Not a single space has decided, hey, we're going to hinder your creative process because we want a piece of that money when they didn't do a single thing as far as bringing it to your table. That's tough. Um, so very, do, very tough situation to be in. I do want to encourage people that just switching your platform does, will not automatically make you grow. Kick in right. and of itself functionally very similar to Twitch and even right now has some less, less features. There's some Streamlabs optimization that's not there yet. There is some alerts and plugins that are not working yet. They're working hard to fix this, but just want to give a word of the wise that it really does matter how you switch. And let's not forget, Twitch also houses the very controversial streamer, Eden Ross, who has been openly- Kicked us, kicked us. Ho homophobic, transphobic, post the craziest radical takes and, and does some really ridiculous stuff that you would think he'd be such a brain risk. You don't want him on the platform. And this was almost verified by his manager in a recent video that he live streamed himself where the manager called him and Aiden Ross was like, dude, we got, you know, Drake on the platform and this person and that person, like, what's up? I need some features. Like, let's start, let's start popping off again. And his manager said, bro, no one wants to work with you. You're a legitimate brain risk. Like, and not only, not only Aiden Ross's manager has told them this, there's other creators that say, hey, we would move to the platform, but Kick, you, you got Aiden Ross on here. And the clips that I see coming from your live streaming platform that are not getting banned or censored or 
you know, there's not some kind of discussion being had here about the agenda and, and the messaging he's pushing. I can't sit well with that. I don't sit well with that. And I don't want to be a part of a platform that's doing that. And that's the that's the other side of the voice that's coming out as to why folks are not migrating directly to kick just yet. They'd yeah. get more users if they didn't have someone like Aiden Ross on the platform, which is very interesting to see that there's uh there is that side now because I think kick expected to grow pretty quickly after yeah. signing folks, but I don't think they expected it to happen the way it's happening right now, where yeah. Twitch would be imploding. And now they have to kind of reap what they sowed and honor these contracts of the creators they have in their platform and stuff. Want to give a shout out and I think some helpful tips to two creators that have made the switch to kick. Just break down their process. Give a shout out to Big E, who made the switch to kick early on. He was a former Twitch streamer um, who had taken a break streaming and had been focusing all on his YouTube. But because he had a great, great engagement on Twitter, on his YouTube platforms, that when he made the switch early to kick, he not only took advantage of some of that initial boost on kick, which I think is a little bit wearing off, but he also had a great community built underneath it. And he's done a great job maximizing the open space on, on kick. You know, he, he boasts the largest podcast numbers when they stream on there and he's gone all in. He even refers to himself as the unofficial CEO of kick. He's, he's been doing live stream events about or live live streams about doing the first like kick con and has pitched stuff to him. So I think he's a great example of really going all in with the platform. Another person who just tried out kick that is a, that is just like a run of the mill streamer trying to grind it out. His name is Susie. He's a world of Warcraft streamer. And I saw him do this live. He went on his very first kick stream and within two minutes had 60 viewers, but here's why. Kick did not give him all these extra viewers. It's because he has a great, robust Discord community, and he feeds into his community in other platforms. And so I just want to let people know that, that Kick might be a good move for you, but do not think that you can just not honor your community and just switch over there and, and make the switch. Both these creators know their niche, and they build their communities, and that's why the numbers follow onto a new platform. I hate to see whenever we have new platforms up monster where people think that just by going on a new app, they're just going to grow all of a sudden. Yeah. A lot of creators do have the victim mentality where they believe it's, it's the platform. It's the saturation. It's not me. It's not my content. When in fact, it's usually the strategy. It's literally you and it's your content. So yeah, no, I'm totally with you. I understand how to, uh, how the space works. And I think a lot of folks are still very green. Like they're, they're figuring it out. But hey, luckily for y'all, if you are interested in becoming the next big streamer, there's plenty of YouTube content out there. And if you ever do want some genuine tips, shoot me a DM on Twitter. I help folks all the time. John, I think we talked about a lot today. That's right. I think I think we talked about some pretty heavy topics here. That's right. But at the end of the day, like we said, guys, we're here to bring you guys all the news every single week here on the Practice Makes Perfect podcast. And don't forget to send all of your complaints to me, the Fortnite podcast, at gmail.com. If you want to find me on socials, I'm at Monster D Face. And of course, for John Rush, I'll allow you to sign yourself out yeah, before hit, we get about it. Hit me on John W. Key Rush, and uh, we can't wait to see you guys on the next one. Yes, sir. So until next time, don't forget to dance out those kills and boast in those victory Peace, y'all.